Our scripture reading this morning is taken from Exodus 3, 2 to 6, and I invite you to stand with me as we read the word of God. Exodus 3, 2 to 6. Our scripture reading this morning is taken from Exodus 3. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. And he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. We welcome this morning Sandy Harris from the Newington Church. It's nice to have you with us. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac. Good morning, brothers and sisters. It's nice to be here again. We just read this text because, as you notice, the title of the sermon is A Consuming Fire. Might not be what you'd expect for an Easter presentation, but I think you'll see as we look at this fire that it does have a lot to do with our resurrection. So we always talk about Jesus and the resurrection at Easter. Kind of going to take a look at what Jesus is trying to do in his people to resurrect us this Easter. So shall we just bow our heads for a moment of prayer? Father, I want to thank you for being with us today. I thank you for being willing to come where there are a few to lift us up, encourage us, to give us your presence and feed us. So I pray this morning that you'll take this feeble vessel and work and speak through me to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Exodus 3. You're there already. Let's, let's open our books if you aren't. And... Look at some of these verses. Who appears to Moses? The angel of the Lord, it says. Who is that angel? Verse 6 tells you. Who is it? Yes, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face. He was afraid to look upon God. It was God in the bush, in the midst of the bush. A flame of fire, verse 2 says, right? A flame of fire came out of the midst of the bush. He was in the bush. And the bush was what? Burning, right? 
The bush was burning with fire, but it was not consumed. How is that? He was in the bush. How is that? The bush was what? God spoke to Moses in verse 4 out of the midst of the bush. It was not. He was in there talking to Moses. How is that? And he told him, Don't come near. Put off your shoes from off your feet. God spoke to Moses in verse 4. For I am the God of your father. And Moses was afraid. This kind of jolted me this week as the Lord put in my mind about the burning bush. God sent Moses to Egypt to lead his people. He called them, his son is firstborn, right? He was going to lead them to Canaan, the promised land. What is God trying to do with his people today? He's trying to lead them to Canaan, isn't he? The promised land. The one that Moses didn't, didn't get a chance to go to, the earthly one, but the one that God took Moses to. Let's look at um, Exodus 13, 21. Says the Lord, the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud in the day, right? And by night in a pillar of what? Fire to give them light to go by day and night. So the Lord went before them, leading them with a cloud in the daytime to shield them from the hot sun and a pillar of fire at night in the coldness of the desert. Now, the first point, God was present in the bush. God is a consuming fire, but he consumes what? What is consumed in God's presence? Sin. The bush was burning, but the bush was not consumed. Was not, there was no sin in the bush. Was there? The bush wasn't refusing God's presence. The bush wasn't asking to be freed or running away. The bush was there and allowed God to dwell in the midst of it. Was there? The bush wasn't refusing I think the title of the sermon this morning should have been On Fire for Christ or On Fire for God. Brothers and sisters, that's going to take a resurrection, a resurrection in the church of Laodicea. The last church in Revelation. Let's look at it. Revelation 3, 18. Brothers and sisters, 
Let's look at the um, counsel, at the prescription for our resurrection, or shall we say, recreation in Christ Jesus, or by Christ Jesus. Verse 18 is the counsel. It says, I counsel you to buy of me, who's me? God, of Christ, yes. Gold tried, where? In the fire. That you may be rich and white raiment, that you may be clothed. And the shame of your nakedness does not appear. And anoint your eyes with eyes of that you may see. Gold tried in the fire. Isaiah 55, 1 says, Come ye, buy and eat. You who have no money. Doesn't cost money. It costs us. It costs everything you got. Not just money. It cost heaven everything, didn't it? What did Jesus give up to save us? Everything he was willing to give up, he laid it aside to come and save us. Gold tried in the fire. Why? Why does God put us in the fire? What did Jesus give up to save us? Everything he was willing to leave. Yeah, because it purifies. It cleans. How is God going to cleanse the earth? By fire. Gold tried in the fire. Why? Notice, he says, he continues in verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door. And what does he do? He knocks. If any man hears my voice and opens the door. See, you can't just hear. You've got to open, right? You've got to let him do what? Come into your house. He has to come in to reign and live in the midst of you like he was in the midst of the bush. I, if any man hears and opens the door, I will what? Come in, Come in to him. Is that a promise? Yeah. And I will sup with him and he with me. And then he adds this verse to him that overcomes. Well, I grant to sit where? with Christ on his throne, and even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the church. God is calling his people. And how does it begin? It begins with gold, tried, and fire. What is that gold? What do we tell that gold is? Yes. It's the faith of Jesus 
and agape love of God. How does it begin? That's what that goal is. It's not eros or phileo love. It's agape love. What is that goal? What do we tell that goal is? Yes. It's the faith of Jesus and agape. Let's look at where Christ tells us he's going to send why. Colossians 1.27, it's very familiar. Christ is talking about the mystery which has been hid from ages and generations, but now is made clear to his saints, to whom God would make known the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. And this mystery is Christ where? In you. The hope of glory. Christ in you. That's, that's what that experience is, having him in the midst of you. Christ in us, the hope of glory. In us, as in the bush, the burning bush. Did you, do you believe that that would put us on fire for God? Yeah. First John, let's look at that. First John chapter 1. Another promise. We all know it. These are all familiar texts. First John 1 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to what? Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Another Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Gold tried in the fire, a consuming fire to draw us to sin, to evil. Job, let's look at Job's experience. Do you think Job got put through the fire? I'd say he'd be a pretty good example of one who was put through the fire. Job 23 and verse 10. What does Job say? He's lost his family, his children, his herds, his wealth, and he's covered with boils. And what does he say? Job 23:10. But he, meaning God, right, knows the way that I take. When he has tried me, I shall come forth, how? As gold. He knows the way I take. He knows his God. And he knows that God is doing something that is going to make him be gold. Do we look at that when trials come our way? As gold. The refiner's fire removes the dross, cleanses us from sin, refines us, does not destroy when we are his. Do you remember the three worthies in Daniel? Daniel chapter 3. I'm going to go into that in detail, but I just wanted to take a glance at Daniel 3, 17 and 18. Do you remember the three worthies in Daniel? 
Shadrach, Meshach, this is verse 16 of chapter 3. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not anxious to answer you in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods, nor worship the golden image which you have set up. What would you say about those three worthies in lieu of the consuming fire? The, the fire that they were facing could surely have consumed them, couldn't it? Yeah. But did it? No. Why didn't it? What would you say about those three worthies? Because the sin in them had already been consumed. What the fire would have the fire that would have destroyed them had they had sinned. If they were living in sin, they would have been consumed. The dross had already been cleansed. They had already determined in Daniel 1 to not dishonor their God. Not just in diet, but in life, in everything. There, there's no greater, harder test than your life. For God to bring you to the place where you would lay down your life and be loyal to him, and that's where they had come. That's where we, if we live to see Jesus come, must come to. We must allow that the consuming fiery refiner's fire to dwell in us and cleanse us from sin. That would be the Holy Spirit. That would be the presence of God coming to dwell in us because we open the door, because we let him in, and because we want to serve him wholly. W-H-O-L-L-Y. Not sometimes, not part-time, not unbelievingly, but fully Sabbath-keeping in him, resting in him. If we're going to be true Sabbath keepers, you're not just going to come to church on the right day. That's only part of it. It's resting in Christ every day, letting him do the work in us to refine us. And it can be burning. Their dross was already removed. Their sins were blotted out. We have a high priest in the most holy place seeking to blot out our sins, to prepare us to stand in a time when we're going to face God face to face. Are we ready? Do we want to be ready? We need to be. The three worthies could be in his presence of God and not be consumed. The fire of God through the presence of his Holy Spirit in us, had done his work in them. And so God walks them through the flames. They could be in God's presence, 
and the flames not touch him because they had allowed Christ to cleanse them. As Job was held up by his faith in God to bring him through his terrible ordeal, they could be in God's presence. I want to look at Exodus 33 and verse 3. As God speaks to his people, they were stubborn people. Of course, we're not, right? Nothing stubborn about us. Unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Oh, well, let's start in verse 2. This is the Lord speaking to Moses, giving him direction and leading his people. He says, I will send an angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanite, Amorite, Hittite, Perizzite, Hevite, and the Jebusite unto a land flowing with milk and honey. For I will not go up in the midst of thee, for you are a stiff-necked people, lest I consume you in the way. Why could not, why could not God himself be next to his people? Yes, yes, because they were stiff-necked. That means not listening. They didn't listen, they wanted their own way. And so God had to leave them to their own way. Or he would consume them. When God came and asked to have a sanctuary built, let me make a, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Where did God want to dwell? In the sanctuary building? No, he wanted to dwell in their hearts, but their hearts were stones. So where did he write his law? In the stone, just like their heart. But what does he say in Ezekiel 36, 26? I will give you a new heart, a new mind, a heart of flesh. What does he promise? To write the law where? In stone? Is that where God's law wants? He wants it to be written? That's right. Philip's going like this. It's in our hearts. That's where he wants it. He wants to dwell in us. We are the temple he wants to live in. Not a building. Do you think God is just in this building when we leave and it's empty? He wants to go with us, in us. And so he has temples everywhere. We are the temple he wants to live in. This is a Do you think God is just in this? This is about a consuming fire, a fire that brings new life, a fire that cleanses, a fire that lights our way, a fire that takes away the dross in and makes us clean within. A consuming fire to sin. That's our Lord preparing us to walk with him in paradise, to cleanse us in preparation for our journey home, to meet him when he comes, and to be able to stand in his presence. 
to speak to him face to face, to see his face and live. That's our Lord. Oh, what a day. Preparing us to walk but if we wait to cleanse us until he comes, it will be a different story. If we do not go to the cross daily, surrender all, and allow Christ to come in and live in us, the presence of God when he returns will consume us, and it will devour the sin we have clung to. If we don't give it to him now, we must be cleansed before Jesus comes. The cross represented the altar of sacrifice in the sanctuary courtyard, which symbolized on this earth is where the dross was consumed. The sin was transferred from the, the saint to the animal, and from there it went to the altar and was consumed. Let's look at another familiar text, Galatians. The sin was transferred from to the, take the saint to the 20. And from there, it went to the altar. For I, through the law, 19, for I, through the law, dead to the law, that I might live unto God. I am crucified with who? With Christ. What is crucifixion? Does it give life or death? It brings death. And it brings a slow death. Right? Yeah. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But how? With Christ in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of who? Right? of the Son of God, the faith of Jesus, who loved me and gave himself for me. So you see, when we talk about going to the cross and we talk about what God has done for us, we need to remember that when we go to that cross, he expects us to die. Die to self. Let the Savior in, the one who's knocking, and let him Devour the dross in us. Let is the biggest word in this book. Let. Let this light shine. Let this mind be. Let God do his work. This must be our experience. We must be at the foot of the cross. Accepting is the biggest word in this book. The blood sacrificed for us. The life prepared for us every moment, every day. As we invite the presence of God in, open the door of our hearts to him. He will come in. And we will not burn. But the dross, the sin, will. It will be consumed. Let's look at Luke. Luke chapter 9. And I'm going to read verses 54. And 55. Open the door of our hearts to him. Luke chapter 9, 54. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, 
Will you that we commit fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elias did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, you know not what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Jesus wants to save us. We will be tried, yes, in the fire, but not consumed. We will, as Job declared, come forth as gold. Now, wouldn't you say that's a resurrection message? I would. To be purified in Christ, to be made whole in him. Christ, wherein is the hope of glory. Two texts I want to share, share with you as we close. Jeremiah 23. Both texts are in Jeremiah. Jeremiah 23, verses 5 and 6. I love these texts, and I love the next one I'm going to read. I hope you take note of them, and you should read them often. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name, whereby he shall be called, the Lord our righteousness. Now, let's go to chapter 33, the Lord our righteousness. Remember, that's where our righteousness comes from, our Lord. But look at what he wants to do when he comes into reign. Verse 15 and 16 of chapter 33 in Jeremiah. In those days, and at that time will I cause the branch of righteousness to grow up unto David, and he shall execute judgment and righteousness in the land. In those days shall Judah be saved, and Jerusalem shall dwell safely. And this is the name wherewith she shall be called. What is it? The Lord our righteousness. God is trying to bring us to a place where Christ's righteousness reigns in us. We don't need to be afraid of it. We need to invite it. What is it? The Lord our Read this. It's from Christ Object Lessons. Page 69. Find it here. Oh, I just tore it out of the Sabbath school lesson because it was there. Ellen White writes, when the fruit is brought forth immediately, how quick is that? Boom. He puts in the sickle because the harvest is come. Christ is waiting with longing desire 
for the manifestations of himself in his church. When the character of Christ shall be perfectly reproduced in his people, then he will come to claim them as his own. It is the privilege of every Christian not only to look for, but to hasten the coming of our Lord Jesus. Where all who profess his name, bearing fruit, which is his character, to his glory, how quickly the whole world will be sown with the seed of the gospel. Quickly the last great harvest would be ripened, and Christ would come to gather the precious grain. How's that? Beautiful. You know, in Revelation 14, 7, it talks about the first angel's message. Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come. Sister White comments on this verse, and she says, giving glory to God. To give glory to God is to reveal his character in our own. And thus make him known. And in whatever way we make known the Father or the Son, we glorify God. That's our first angel's message, brothers and sisters. Do you think we can give the second and third before this is fulfilled? We can't. We can't. And thus make him known. Deuteronomy 10, 16. Just three short texts and I'll let you go. 10.16 I looked and behold you had sinned against the Lord your God and made you have I got the right? No, I have it wrong. Sorry, 10.16 Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart and be no more stiff-necked. Romans 2.29 But he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. And last but not least, Hebrews chapter 12. In the spirit, not the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. And verses 28 and 29. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is what? A consuming fire. I pray this will encourage us to let God in and let him soak up the dross, refine us, take it all away, that we can be prepared to go home with him. Thank you. 
Father, I want to thank you for those brothers and sisters who have gone before us and for the illustrations in your word that show us the work that you want to do in us. Thank you for Moses, who you trusted, to come close enough in a bush to speak with him and that he could come to the place where he could go home with you. Lord, I pray that we will open the door of our hearts today, this very day, and let you come into the midst of each and every one of us individually, that the door will not be closed or even ajar, but open wide, that you can come in and cleanse us, empty us of self, and fill us with your righteousness, that we can be called the Lord our righteousness. Thank you, Father, for the privilege and opportunity. In Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. Amen.